0: Hallelujah. It's a good day to be in God's house. Amen. Amen? I was chatting with Pastor Daniel and and as we were chatting he he mentioned to me something that was just percolating in his heart and um, actually it's his 55th birthday today. He's not here. So somebody said, are you going to say, I, I won't say any jokes about him because he's not here to defend himself, uh, but I want to I honor him. He is a, a great brother. He's a dear brother. I'm so thankful for him, and uh, he's, he, his number is the same. His first number and his second number are the same. They're a five. I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but they're the same, and five represents grace, and I'm just asking God to give him double grace. Amen? Amen? I'm asking him to give him grace upon grace this year that he would grow in favor, that he'd grow in strength, that he'd grow in understanding. So, um, if and, and if you want, you can uh, drop him a note either through Brenda's Facebook or you might even be able to find him somewhere. He's hidden pretty far, but he's somewhere in there. Um, but I want to wish him a happy birthday. And as we were talking, he... He asked me what I thought of the kingdom. And well, we have lots of thoughts about the kingdom. And he says, well, I've just been, it's been something that's been percolating in him and, and the, the thought of the kingdom of God. And what the kingdom of God, the impact and the influence. And uh, as we were talking, um, we, we thought, you know, we, let, let's do some teaching on the kingdom. And so this morning, I want to start, and I'm not sure how long it's going to take, if it's going to take a couple weeks. No, it won't take a couple weeks. It may take a couple months, but I'd like to talk about the kingdom of God. The first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to stretch your thinking. Are you game for that? So the first thing I'm going to say is the kingdom of God is not the same as the church. It's not that they're in competition with each other. They're not competing with each other. But the kingdom of God is different than the church. If you were a mathematician or a physicist, a scientist, you'd draw this big diagram and you'd have this huge circle. And you'd say the circle is the kingdom. And what's actually in reality is the kingdom is beyond the circle because the kingdom... Cannot be contained. But if you were to try to put it on paper, you'd have this graph and you'd have this big circle and you'd say the kingdom. And then you'd have within the kingdom, within that circle, there would be another smaller sub circle referring to as the church. So I want to take a few minutes this morning to kind of lay out the thought with respect to the kingdom. But the first thing I want us to do is I want us to understand when we refer to the kingdom, We're referring to the king's way. I've grown up listening and hearing sermons on the kingdom, and the first definition, the first thought I get when I hear the word kingdom is rule and reign. But I thought, man, I've heard that so many times. What does that actually mean? Have have you ever talked to somebody for so long that Every time they say something, it's like, "I've heard it, I've heard it. And um, especially husbands and wives, how we can just hear the same tone, you hear the same inflection, you hear the same emphasis, and after a while, it's you just hear it and you don't always take a step back and con, uh, and, and think about what does this mean? What is the context? How does this function? How does this work? So I want to take some time looking at that. The the definition of the church, I found this interesting because the definition of the church is gathering, assembly. The the root words come from the word called out. So quite often you might hear them referring to it as ecclesia or ecclesia, ecclesia, you can... it's all Greek to me, and, and uh, the word actually has a root word, and the root words are called out, but the Greek language actually started the word church. It was not started in the Bible. It was recognized in the Greek. Um, okay, guys, stop shaking hands back there. I want to welcome Matthew and Monique. Welcome, guys. We, we can take a moment. Why don't you guys stand up? It is so good to see you guys. You guys have grown, and you guys have taken some amazing steps of faith, and I'm so proud of you, and it is so good to see you. God bless you. I expect three amens from each of you. <laughs> Welcome home. Welcome home. I'm um, Called out. But in the Greek language, it actually means assembly. And in the Greek language, the definition was they would gather together to talk about state. So when you think of it, the church is actually gathered together in the true definition to talk about the state of the God or the state of the kingdom. Jesus, when he came on earth... He used the word church three times. Once, he used it twice in the same sentence. So it was like, but he talked about the gospel of the kingdom. Parable after parable, the kingdom is like a mustard seed. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like that. And what he did was he was showing the way of the kingdom. He was talking about and teaching people about the way the king governs. He was talking about the wishes of the king. And he was saying, in God's kingdom, the king wishes this to happen. The king wants it to flow this way. The king decrees this, and he came and he was declaring and showing people the way of the kingdom. And I mentioned I'd, I had the privilege of going to Qatar in the fall and I had, had conversations with citizens there that actually had moved to that country. And there was also one that was, had, was born in that country or in that kingdom. And, and we asked them about some of the structure or things that happened. And, and you know, what's going to happen after this? And why did this happen? And why did, you know, about the structure or about um, the, the events that were happening? And literally the answer that came back on a number of occasions, it's what the king wants. And I'm like, well, don't you, like, disagree? It's what the king wants. It was like they had a total submission to what the king wants. They actually moved into that jurisdiction. And when they moved into that jurisdiction, they accepted the rule and the reign of the king and what he wanted. If he wanted to drive on one side of the street, you know what you did? You drove on that side of the street. If he wanted a certain color or a certain context or a certain, he literally, and there were some things that were just so unnecessary, but the king wanted it. So the king got it. And so we have this kingdom, but inside that kingdom, we have the church. And the church is the called out ones. The church is the assembly together. The assembly together. That's why we say we're going to church. That's not an incorrect statement. We are going to gather together. We are going to assemble together. And as we gather together, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the king. In the kingdom, we're not complaining. We're talking about and we're learning. I have found I'm in a constant learning of the kingdom. The deeper I go, the more I study, the more I think about it, the more I meditate upon it, the more I learn that I need to learn more about the kingdom. So it's not in competition. In the Bible, the church is referred to locally, Paul wrote to local churches, the local churches being the church of Ephesus, the church in Philippi. They may have been in a region, but they were a local church. And that's sometimes why there's different context for the churches, because they were in different conditions, different instances, different situations. But there's also the global church. Jesus, when he asked the disciples, who do they say that I am and who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. He's talking about the global. Upon this rock, I'm going to build those who assemble together. Upon this rock, upon this truth, upon this revelation, I'm going to build those. I'm going to call them out and they are going to be built in him. When we come to church, what we should be doing is we should be learning about the king so that when we go outside these walls, we influence those around us in the ways of the king. When we stand here, we should be learning about the one that we say, I exalt you, I exalt you. Why? Because he's so good. Because he's amazed. Because he loves me. Even when I make a mistake, he doesn't give up his love for me. I have found he's so good. Because I might be feeling so bad and he still says, David, I love you. And he comes and he accepts me and he loves on me. He loves on me to bring me to where he wants me to go. But he doesn't beat me up. He loves on me and he says, let's go, I'm here with you. We sang today in the shadow of your wings. What a picture. I've got a dog, a new puppy. A beautiful little puppy. She's not so little anymore. But when I come home from something, if she's loose, because we have to watch her, but if she's loose, she'll run to me. She'll run to whoever's there. And I'll stand there, and she will just weave in and out through my legs. And there's an actual comfort that she gets from being and, and it's like a and it's like just being and it's like can you imagine us around the king that we just want to be around the king we just want to oh I just want to be around you I just want I just want to be around it's And so the church Paul wrote about the church in 1 Corinthians he says, listen to this. He says, give no offense either to the Jew or to the Greek or to the church of God. The church goes beyond ethnicity. The church is not Canadian. The church is not Dutch. The church is not... The church is God's. It extends and it reaches out. Peter wrote in 1 Peter, he says, you are a chosen generation. He didn't say you are this. He says, you are a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a holy nation. In Ephesians, the church is referred to as the body. One one body, many members. Many members, one body. And so we see within the context of the kingdom... This entity called the church. So the first thing I want to do as we talk about the kingdom of God is for us to understand the kingdom of God extends beyond the church. And one of the things I see with respect to the church is when we come to church, when we assemble together, let's talk about the king. And let's learn about the king because I am convinced everything about the king affects me outside of these walls. And the world around me is not too fond of figuring out about the king. The world around me figures out about me, myself, and I. And even those three don't get along. But the kingdom... The rule and the reign of God. The way the king wants things to happen. To me, that's one of the great purposes of why we gather. Why are we teaching our children things about God? Is because we want the influence of the king and the kingdom of God to be on them. Because that is the rule and the reign. That is the way the king wants things to happen. Jesus taught about the kingdom, one of the first messages he taught, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What he was doing was he was giving a manifesto of the kingdom. I'd like to submit to you, if we just studied those three chapters, we would study that for a long, long, long time. It affects marriages. It affects relationships. It affects others. It affects me. It affects what I do. It affects how I honor somebody. It affects how I approach him. It affects my attitude. All those things are found just in those three chapters. And Jesus went about sharing the good news of the kingdom. You see, there's a kingdom, there's a way of living... There's a way of living that is already established and prescribed and preordained or preset in motion. There's a way of living that is better than the way we live right now. And even when I'm living in the kingdom and applying his principles, there's always improvement because in the kingdom, it goes from glory to glory. It gets better and better and better. The world may be decreasing and deteriorating, but in the kingdom, we move from glory to glory. We get closer to him. We get better and better. We grow and we increase. The kingdom means Basilia. I got, I got about, I don't know, 25 points. And I got eight minutes. No, I got 12 minutes. But what I want us to do is think about the kingdom. Because we hear that word, I hear that word a lot. This morning I was, I was uh, listening to a, a dear friend of mine who preaches, and, and he was sharing about how he came to a country... And when he drove into the country, they had to switch the way they drove. He says, and he says, I had to conform to that country or to that kingdom. The kingdom did not conform to me. He says, if I would have driven the way I drove in the past, I would have gotten a ticket. I would have potentially been in an accident. But... He drove, he had to drive the way the kingdom wanted, and he had to adjust. You know, we have to adjust. Come on. We have made the gospel my news instead of the good news. In fact, we've made it more of a opinions than gospel. It's not what I think. It's what the word says. We have to attack that because we have so much around us. My truth. Who cares about my truth? What about the truth? My truth could be... embedded in hurt my truth could be embedded in offense my truth could be embedded in in all misconceptions what about the truth of God which stands firm and real and reliable forever and I have found as I walk in the kingdom I am in a constant realignment and a constant re Adjustment and a constant because I am finding that as I learn one thing, God then says, Okay, now we're going to move. He talks about money in the kingdom. Not to get money, but in order to bless and to show us how the kingdom operates. The kingdom actually operates outside these walls right now. As I'm speaking, There are kingdom laws working outside these walls, just naturally working. One of the greatest ones is the law of sowing and reaping. And we live in an area where there's lots of sowing and reaping. And you know what they're doing is they're turning over the ground and they're going to plant a seed because they have learned when they plant something, it will grow. You know what the Bible says? It says that. And the king came, and he said, this is the law. This is how it's going to operate. When you put something in the ground, when you sow something, you water it, and in time, it's just going to spring forth, and it's not going to be anything that you've done, but there's going to be power in that seed. Why? Because I'm the king, and I said so. I think sometimes we need to check our attitudes, and our opinions at the door and say, yes, Lord. It's not that we become robots, it's be- that we conform and we get transformed by the renewing of our mind. Repentance, first and foremost, first and foremost, not foremost, first and foremost is a change in the way we think. And one of my goals today as I share about the kingdom and is that we would actually change the way we think about how God wants things done. Because I'm convinced when we do the way he says, we will have better success, we will have better results, we will have better peace of mind, we'll have better, better, better. Here's something about the kingdom. It's what the king wants. The wishes of the king. Say wishes of the king. (laughs) What would you do if somebody said to you, hey, let's do this, and you know that it's off limits? Would you say, no, I can't. Why? Because that's not the way of the king. It's like, it's no big deal. No, it's just not what the king wants. And he rules my life. I mean, sometimes I think it's so simplistic that we miss it. It's the way. It's the way. It's like the king wants it, the king gets it. Don't. Don't put, well, yeah, but I think it should be done this way. The moment we start doing that, we start missing out on the benefit of what the king says. It's what the king wants, it's the way of the king. What's interesting about the kingdom is there are people that are not followers of Christ that actually are living in the kingdom of God's realities. And and what I mean by that is there are businessmen who have learned how to work hard, how to build things, and they have applied Christian principles, kingdom principles, whether they realize it or not, and they have had success and results. Why? Because the kingdom Principles will not fail. Some of the greatest businessmen in the world have learned how to give and become very Philip Philippret, very giving. Okay. You know what I mean. If I said filipantic or whatever, you might think I'm, I'm like, I got my tongue tied. But they're, they're givers. And what they've learned or what they've experienced is as they've given, they've increased. And it isn't even something that they've necessarily planned on. But as they've applied a kingdom law, they get a kingdom result. So we're going to spend some time talking about the kingdom. And what I'm hoping it does, I'm hoping it changes the way you live. So I've got some thoughts for you this morning. Hopefully, it's going to register and it's going to sit in a deposit inside of you. Um, The kingdom is a fact. It's not a notion. It's not a concoction. The kingdom of God is a fact. It's reality. It started in the garden. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree, it says now they know the difference between good and evil. We now, God says, I don't want them to eat of the tree of life. In other words, before that, they only knew good. They only knew God's thoughts. They only knew how God looked at things. And the enemy came and says, is that real? It's a fact. The kingdom reflects. I'm, I'm hammering this because, to me, this this has hit me hard. So it's hit me hard. So I'm hoping it hits you. It reflects what the king wants. This last couple of weeks, we had um, the coronation of King Charles. They did things the way the king, and in times past, the queen wanted things done. It wasn't questioned. If he wants a certain meal, you know what? He gets a certain meal. He gets it. The kingdom, if you can think of it this way, and, and, and I'm not trying to, to make it, um, I, I want to use right words, but also I want to use words that we understand. The kingdom is actually a bunch of Systems. It's a system for growing. The kingdom has laws or principles or systems that we can actually... And if we understand the laws of the kingdom, if we understand the principles of the kingdom, if we understand gravity, if we understand these things, what we do is we learn how to walk within the realm of that kingdom. And then we start to see the results or what the king wants to happen. So now i got to figure out which page I'm on. Here's some thoughts. The kingdom is not ruled by the people. It's not a democracy. In the kingdom of God, it's a theocracy. He decides... I don't decide, the king decides, and I try to say this is what I believe the king is saying from my hearing and my understanding, and I say I is is in consultation and conversation with eldership. It's not just a single decision, but it's following what the king says. It's a complete governing body, a complete system, a complete Infrastructure that includes and contains and it influences. It says do it this way because there's a whole system set up. And if you plant something, what happens? It grows. Did anybody here make it grow? We just planted. But the king says there's a law, there's a principle, there's an influence that I have that I say this is what will happen when you do this, this is what will happen because I'm the king. Here's some things that the kingdom of God influences and and that's why I said earlier the kingdom of God is all-encompassing. And the church is, is for lack of a better word, an entity or a group of believers is an organism inside that body, inside that group. And, And that's why when somebody starts and gets a revelation of Jesus Christ, accepts Christ as their savior, that's why they're called. And we want them to become part of the assembly, part of the group of believers so that they can learn about the king. Because many people who have grown up in the world around us do not know about uh, selflessness. They know about selfishness. They know about lust. They know about greed. But in the kingdom, there's a whole different way of doing things. The kingdom of God is designed and implemented to affect your health. I'm going to say these things, and I'm hoping some of these register. The kingdom of God has in it healing. The kingdom of God has within it rewards and incentives. Some people would say there are if and thens, but I think there's even more than the if and the then. The kingdom of God has rewards and incentives. The kingdom of God has responsibilities and consequences. Kingdom of God has order. Now think about this outside these walls. Think about this on your day-to-day activity. Think about in my business interactions, how can I apply kingdom life, kingdom living, kingdom principles, kingdom into my business applications or the work that I do? Because when we do, we will line up with what the king says. The kingdom affects business. The kingdom affects food. The kingdom affects horticulture. I had to put that in just to show you I knew a big word. The kingdom affects agriculture. The kingdom affects animal life. It does. The king has, in his word, has descriptions on how to care for animals. The king says, this is how I'd like it done. The kingdom has information and structure on relationships, on familial relationships, on spousal relationships and relations, on siblings, on parents, on children, on grandchildren. There are aspects about in the kingdom that deal with family life that God says this is the way to do it. The kingdom affects cities. The kingdom has, there's a way of living, we, we actually have a dual citizenship if you think about it. I am a citizen of Canada, but I'm also a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has rules, regulations, laws, whatever you want to call it, that, have a, that the actual, the nations of the world have tried to emulate or come up with. And they've got rules and orders of behavior and, and constant codes of conduct and those things. The Word of God has descriptions on how to live. If, if we seriously grasp the effect of the kingdom of God in our life, it will tr- uh, drastically transform and change the way we live. I'm convinced. Here's one of the aspects of familial relationships, forgiveness. It's not about revenge. The world around us is all about legal rights. When I walked into his kingdom, I gave up my rights, and I said, what are your rights? What do you want? What's amazing is the more you walk with him, the more he says, what do you think about this? did not make us robots and robotic. He made us living beings. The kingdom affects wealth. There are principles, there are rules, laws, however you want to call it, systems in the word of God that affect the wealth that we have, the generation of wealth, the dispersion of wealth, the distribution of wealth, the gathering of wealth, that, that is in the word of God. There, there's principles. I've been reading Proverbs. It's amazing how much wisdom is in Proverbs. I mean, it is a book of wisdom. But it's like, I'm rereading it, going, I love the Proverbs. And it's like, wow, it's just one bomb after another bomb. It affects our finances, the kingdom. The kingdom affects our well-being, our emotional well-being, our psychological, physiological. It affects our behavior. It affects our discipline, a discipline and personal discipline and relational discipline, whether that's in order of how to behave or in order of correction. The kingdom gives rules and ways of how to discipline and how to correct, but it also talks about personal discipline and personal conduct. Talks about community responsibilities. Talks about the way to honor. Honor is not just something you give to somebody above you. Honor is what you give to everybody around you. The kingdom shows how to do that. Why? Because that's what the king wants. The kingdom of God is a whole different way to evaluate life, Purpose, identity, passion, wealth, relationship. Think about the parables in relationship to what I've just said. And when he says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, okay. The kingdom of God is like kingdom of God is like a ring that was lost and the man sold everything he had to go find it. That's the value of understanding the power of the kingdom. <laughs> My biggest letters here is if we want to learn how to walk in the kingdom, if we want to learn greater aspects of the kingdom i'm not saying we're not walking in it what i'm saying is i think there's more i know there's more what i have found is it's also a very good explanation of why we need holy spirit because he actually comes and teaches us, shows us, reveals to us the king's desires, the king's ways, the king's thoughts, the king's intent. The kingdom encompasses all of life. There is a kingdom in operation in the world, and there's a kingdom of God that's operational in the world. It says in Psalm 103, verse 19: the Lord established the heavens, he sits, his throne is in the heaven, and his dominion is over all the earth. He rules over all, his kingdom is established over all. And we as believers become ambassadors. Of the kingdom. And we become those. Who now become. Distributors of what the king wants. What the king has. What the king desires. So over the next little while. My prayer. And my desire. Is that we would get a revelation. An awareness of the value. Of knowing the kingdom of God. In a greater way. Because I'm convinced if we understand just that mustard seed, if we just have that little bit of understanding how much impact it has, imagine as we grow and we understand more. Amen? So we're going to be looking at the kingdom of God. Kingdom law, law of association, law of relationship, law of honor, the law of sowing and reaping, all these aspects, the way the king wants sowing and reaping, the way the king wants honor, the way the king wants this to happen. Amen? Why not you stand? I'm done. Yeah, a few of you said amen. There was a happy dance that almost broke out. You just... I just want to pray a a blessing over each and every one of you this morning because this is kingdom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you grace. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.